Why must I be a Shakespeare in love? <laughs> what song was that? That song? You don't know that song? No. Why must I be a teenager in love? Oh, that sounds familiar. Is that an old pop song or from a musical? It's from the 60s. It's like sort of a To Sir With Love-esque. What is To Sir With Love? Oh, it's also a pop song from, I think, the 60s, but a lot of women use it as musical theater audition material. Oh, or used to. it's the new ice cream. Or the old, it's like the old... I don't know what pop song the kids are using these days. <laughs> See, that would have been really good if you'd had a contemporary reference <laughs> for a pop song. The old chandelier. That people are using. Are and I mean chandelier chand- like the CSI. Yeah, like the CSI. Not, oh, not like the moment in Phantom of the Opera no, where the chandelier Um, I don't know if people are using it. It's hard to sing, so it's impressive. Sarah Alice does a great cover of it. <laughs> Was that anything? I think uh, was maybe. Okay. Hello, gentle patrons. Hello, nobles all. And welcome to What You Will. I forgot the title a little bit, but then you it came did, back to me. You did, and also our catchphrase, but that's okay. A tedious and brief Shakespeare podcast. How does our catchphrase go? We usually start, hello, noble patrons, hello, gentles all. You know what? You're in love. Your brain <laughs> is just, it's, it's Valentine's Day. Uh, I woke up thinking I'm about it on the street where you live. In love. Da, da, um, da, da, I'm da, Charlotte Alleyne. And I'm Danielle Cohn. And today we're talking about Shakespeare Shakespeare in love. It's Valentine's Day, not for you, the listener, but for us, where we're trapped forever on this audio recording. Yes, and (laughs) you know what? I hope that whenever you're listening to this, just treat it like it's Valentine's Day. Unless you don't like Valentine's Day. But if you do, or even if you don't, just (laughs) be a fun experiment. (laughs) Just go out, eat some chocolate, think about... Feel your relationships or lack thereof. Yeah, feel appropriately loved or alone. Feel a blind person. Is that something like St. Valentine did? Yeah. Is, you that you say thing? that with such confidence. I'm pretty sure. I've that never that's... heard that. Okay, hang on. <laughs> this is going to be... We're not going to Google anything about Shakespeare, but I will. St. Valentine cures blind. I know. It's also the anniversary of Captain Cook um, being... Yeah, he's said to have cured the blindness of a jailer's daughter. Great, we love that for him. Great. Um, it's the anniversary of Captain Cook being killed in Hawaii, I believe. You're a crook, Captain Cook. Yeah, well, he was, um, you know, just kind of like a precursor to colonialization. Um, so that's fun. And it's also, it's like the anniversary, it's like Anna Howard Shaw's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just trying to give people options. If so you they, can treat it like it's the anniversary of any of those things. Um, but we watched another movie because apparently we're a movie podcast We're now. secretly a movie podcast. Just incepting you Because we're movies. so good at movies. Um, yeah, we understand them. Just kind of to round out our month, last episode we watched Anonymous, um, a movie by people who hate Shakespeare and hate love and... And hate poor people hate poor and people. hate women. Yeah, and... 
last, well, not last night, like several nights ago, we watched Shakespeare in Love. Which is fucking delightful. Honestly, Aww. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I don't know if it, it would crack like my top five, but it's definitely in the mix. It's I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I also forgot how much I liked it. I mean, I guess we're, we're probably just going to gonna take you through the plot yeah we're gonna sort of uh sort of summarize and discuss as we go yeah a a summary come discussion (coughs) um not but i feel like like the the, like the latin word and not the other thing it's almost impossible though in in the context of this podcast not to discuss it as opposed to anonymous well it opens the same way as anonymous okay so it's also i mean this is Arguably, again, in, in our long-standing tradition, no research done. No. But arguably one of the most popular movies about Shakespeare the Man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, probably the most popular yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really clear from watching this, which I hadn't watched since I was a teenager. Me neither. Um, that Roland Emmerich just saw this movie and was like, I'll do that, but the opposite. Yeah. Uh, because it also... You should see which one came out first. Oh, this one definitely came out first. This one came out first, for sure. Yeah. This one came out in, like, the 90s? He was like, I get what people liked about this movie. They liked that Shakespeare was kind of in it. It's a, a 1998 American romantic period comedy drama directed by John Madden and written by Mark Norman and Tom Stoppard, which... Took me takes me by surprise every time I remember that fact. But it makes so much sense because it does. it's I think one of the things that's so delightful about this film, again, sorry anonymous, but to drag <laughs> anonymous, is that this movie knows that the people who are going to love it the most are people who love Shakespeare. And so nestled within women who love Shakespeare. I mean, yeah, but nestled within this like sweeping romance and various like funny, lovely bits are all of these fun Shakespeare nuggets of like, oh, wait, that's going to be this. Or like, you know, but most of those bits are also simple enough that you can get them with even a basic understanding of Shakespeare. And again, to set the tone at the beginning, like a great bit is that they're like, no, 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 he's working on a new play, Romeo and Ethel the Pirate's Daughter. It's so... So well, you're okay. like, great, we're on a tick ticking clock now for like... How is it going to morph into Romeo and Juliet? But, okay, it opens the same way as a not... Okay, it doesn't open in, like, modern-day New York, but it opens with, with, a, guy, a, with a guy being tortured, um, which was also... And it was just, like, the instant contrast of an anonymous... It's Ben Johnson being tortured because yes. he's hidden the manuscripts. the manuscripts. And he's, like, screaming, and you think they're going to kill him, and it's really scary and dark. And this one, they're like, well... You better give us a play with a lot of money or we'll tickle your toes. It's like just so much gentler. I know. I also love it. It is part of a long tradition of plays and musicals and movies about theater that always involve a gangster. I think I'm going to start with, I mean, there's like, if you think about it for a second, there's like the brush of your Shakespeare gangsters from Kiss Me Kate. Oh, we got to do Kiss Me Kate one day. Absolutely. And there's the, um, the, even in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a very recent example, she like gets the gangsters to help her get the theater. So I don't know if there are just a lot of gangsters in theater and I personally have not gotten high enough in my career to (laughs) encounter them. 
<laughs> or if people just sort of don't know anything about theater, so they imagine it run by a secret mob. Well, I feel like it, Elizabethan England, it makes the most sense yes. to make it sort of gangstery because Shakespeare was kind of on par with like gambling and prostitution um, in terms of like the public perception. Of theater game. And yeah. it was also, theater wasn't like what it is now where it's like stuffy and highbrow yeah or even an art form that people do out of like you know it's not art america's mainstream form of entertainment um but it was england london's mainstream form of entertainment i guess that and like bear baiting yes um we never talked about the bear baiting scene anonymous did we I mean... They go they go bear baiting. It's yeah. Fine. So, okay. So, there's, like, a producer being tortured, and he's like, no, Shakespeare's gonna write a play, and it's... Uh, and it's, it's got a bit with the dog. And it's got a bit with the dog. so funny. Yeah. And then... Oh, and then... Danielle and I both just had the same kind of, like, almost horrified at um, Joseph Fiennes' visage. Oh, my God. As it first appears on the screen. Guys, if you haven't watched this movie in a while, just do yourself a favor, and even if you just watch those first two minutes... <laughs> He's so hot. It's really it's this movie hinges so on distracting. how hot he is. I don't even know if I liked this movie because Joseph finds it so distractingly hot in it. It's just oh my god! They, like they take us to Shakespeare and he has writer's block and, and it's just like crumpling pages and tossing them sexily. And like he's wearing one of those like Lord Byron shirts that's just like totally open and like staying on his shoulders by to the like, chest, pure yeah. will, and has like the like fluffy sleeve. Oh god, he's so sexy. But he's so smoldery. He's got serious Carrie Elwes <laughs> vibes of just like he delivers every line in this movie like it is the most intense, important thing. <laughs> But also with an archness that knows everything is a com- like life's a joke, and also he's so nimble and dexterous. Except he's hotter than Carrie Elwes. Sorry, but he's he's also like, I mean he's in a slightly different movie than Gwyneth, who we'll get to, but it's fine. Um, he's just like so precise in all of his physical comedy too. Oh yeah, and he, creates physical comedy where a, a lesser actor wouldn't find any. And he he's got this really like he he plays. It's great because the two, um, and I think it should be fun at some point when we've amassed like enough portrayals of Shakespeare himself in media to do some kind of like battle royale yeah. brackets of oh, them. Oh, he wins for uh, me. Well, He's yeah, my... okay, sure. Uh, but whatever, maybe judging, maybe we no, do like a um, most likely to succeed, but, like best <laughs> hair or something. Um, but even like in Anonymous... Shakespeare is like a, a drunk asshole and he's still the most charismatic character. And in this one, he's kind of an asshole playboy, like stuff, not not a stuffy poet, but like, you know, he's really into his, he's up his own ass about his art and he's still so charismatic. Yes. And it's also like, it's, he's, he is those things, but both the POV of the film and of the actor playing the character, and even of the, I would say, the screenwriter. Yeah. Like, everyone is on the same page that we should love this guy. Like, there is no part of this movie that's like, ugh, what an asshole he's worrying about. Writer's block. It's like, no, that is the biggest problem in this person's life right now, and that's okay. <laughs> and they also, I mean, I think do a nice job of writing out Anne in the second scene. I know. They, well, okay, so it, it, we go to him and he's he's got writer's block and he's like crumpling paper all sexy and throwing it and he has an earring and oh, he's just like looking at you through the lens of the camera. Um, and then his producer friend, I think, I'm, I'm really going off of my hazy memory from three days yeah, ago. Okay. His producer friend is like, oh, you are a new thing. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm super... 
I have writer's block. Um, he goes to... To, like, his priest friend he goes who to, feels a la Friar Lawrence. He goes like, his therapist. Like, he's lying on a, a couch. And he's... And at this point, they've shoehorned, like, 16 Shakespeare lines in the first five minutes. Oh, yeah, of immediately. Um, yeah, and he's, like... The, the therapist is... The priest therapist is like, how's your wife? And he's like, oh, we're legally separated, basically, since the twins are born. Yeah, and he, you know, not with that kind of language, no. but makes it clear, like, she's doing her thing, she's kicked me out, I'm doing my thing. Yeah, it's, and the, it's like the gentlest movie about infidelity, uh, because he makes it extremely clear that he and his wife are, like, not together at the moment. Um, and so you're watching this man who's married with three children, shtup. Gwyneth Paltrow and you're like oh I just want them it's to be fine. together it's fine yeah um yeah so and, and then, I also love that even the the priest friend or whatever friar is like when's the last time you had sex my friend it's yeah like everyone is concerned about Shakespeare getting laid so he goes to seduce Rosaline because everyone in here has a name from a Shakespeare play because it's so it's just cute it's a cute dumb movie for dumb Shakespeare nerds I and it. I love it it's also talking about like how this movie likes Shakespeare and a lot of us hated Shakespeare this movie still manages to I mean Shakespeare's on a pedestal because most movies about Shakespeare are made by nerds who are like into him I mean and there's a certain you have to kind of put him on a pedestal because you're making a movie about a a mythologized historical figure also whose like reputation is much bigger than the man himself yes but even this movie it's like it's not afraid to criticize him. Like when they show uh, scenes from Two Gents of Rona, they very correctly show that everyone laughing at the dog scene and then Queen Elizabeth being asleep during all the other scenes. Exactly. And, <laughs> and also like even the, the feelings that this movie has about theater are like funny and loving. Like in the first scene, the when the producer is getting tortured, he says something about like, but I have to pay the actors. And they say, give them a share in the profits. And he says, but there are never any profits. <laughs> and the and guy's like, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, so he's like, I just need a muse. I need to like find a girlfriend and then I'll be able to write again. Um, so he goes to seduce Rosaline, which is the name of Romeo's first uh, love interest in Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's the mistress of Richard Burbage, the owner of the rival Curtain Theatre. Um, and there, I honestly, I didn't really follow the like producer plot of this movie very well. It's basically just, I think all you need to follow <laughs> is the two theaters hate each other. It's sort of a two households, both like and dignity yeah. nod. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the, the theater that Shakespeare mostly works for, like really needs a hit or else they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, so... Um, Although that kind of crumbles later because they get shut down anyway. So, so like, he, he basically, like, deal. sells the play twice. He sells it to Burbage and to Henslow, who's in debt to this moneylender, Fennyman. Yeah. The, whatever. Um, oh, and he also meets Kit Marlowe in a bar, a much nicer portrayal of Kit Marlowe. Um, and Kit Marlowe's like, you should make the play about people who are in love and not pirates. And Shakespeare's like, oh, there's an idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also great in that, like, multiple times in this movie, somebody else is like, here, Shakespeare, how about these six key plot points? Which is like, accurate. He didn't write his own plots. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good. Um, yeah, so he... Oh, and the, the priest gives him, like, a bracelet... I know, um, I was joking that it looked like a cock ring yeah, when he first handed it to Daniel, him. Daniel was like, is that a cock ring? Like, is that, that how he's going to get his groove back? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he also has, like, erectile dysfunction yeah. and writer's block, which it's it seems like it's all one to him. Yes. Um, and also, again, a thing that I think that the, the screenplay does really well <clears> that I, I liked is that in the writing of how Shakespeare specifically talks, mm-hmm. there is a certain poeticism 
that isn't quite as heightened as his plays, yeah. but where you can see that the mind that when he sits down and writes poetry, writes those poems, mm-hmm. is the same mind that is generating the dialogue. Yeah. Um, there was something about that that I thought was like really well done. Um, that was like just elevated enough that we got that this person is special, but not so elevated that he felt like a caricature. Yeah, and also they do a really nice job of he's such a like romantic hero, like Errol Flynn type that it's also, I don't know, I feel like a lot of portrayals of Shakespeare in trying to make him a poetic genius kind of skip out on making him like a bit of a rapscallion like you know yeah. he probably was like running around london streets chasing ladies um anyway and maybe so men. and maybe men um so anyway they do one of his plays at court it's two gentlemen of verona um and this the dog scene she's the only good also scene. when judy dench entered charlotte went a cat is not a dog <laughs> she's playing the same role she plays queen elizabeth here so so old deuteronomy is watching the play and she like likes the funny bits but then falls asleep during the boring parts but then Shakespeare notices a young Gwyneth Paltrow in the audience yeah. uh, her character name is Viola which like yeah Shakespeare play reference um, but yeah Goop herself is watching and she's loving it <sighs> Goop are we gonna talk about Goop maybe some other time Continue. I mean she thinks that you should put eggs in your vagina and, um, and like also has a vagina candle and she doesn't believe in science. Yeah. It, honestly, it did distract me watching this movie, just like, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't believe in science as you're watching them. I mean, you know what? Maybe she just went so deep method acting for this character in, uh, you know, the late 1500s that she's just carried that with her for the rest of her life, her, like, Renaissance England understanding of the sciences. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she's, like blonde and likes his plays then we get like a little scene with her and her nurse who's professor umbridge yes um and she's like i wish that i could be an actor there are no lady actors and the nurse is like yes dear go to sleep and then smash cut to audition oh Oh, wait also the best moment from that is that at the end of it she starts brushing her teeth and Charlotte went, I like that they took pains to include a vintage toothbrush in this scene. It was interesting. It was like a weird shape. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I, I always find myself wondering, like, how did they brush their teeth? Did they? Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we get to the auditions for Shakespeare's new play that he hasn't really started writing, relatable. And um, every, the joke is, like, everyone's doing bits from uh, a, a Barlow play. Ben Jolton does not appear in this play at all. Which is fine, or in this movie. Yeah. Which is fine, but also, like, a little weird. Um, but I, I also do, like, the nod to Shakespeare being kind of, like, the trashy pop writer of yeah. the time, and Marlowe and Johnson being the, like, classier writers. Um, yeah, and then, of course, the last person to audition is Gwyneth Goop. Paltrow. It's Paltrow. in disguise. Goop, yes. She's wearing, she's dressed like a boy. Um, and Shakespeare, I, I also like, it's kind of undoes all of Shakespeare plays where she's wearing a hat to be a boy. And Shakespeare's like, take off her hat, your hat. And she runs away. Yes. Because <laughs> he recognizes her. That was another moment. She would, <laughs> Charlotte went, but if I take off my hat, you'll recognize me. It's the Shakespeare play rule. And then he like follows her on a merry chase. But Joseph is just so charming that it's not creepy that and he's chasing a young woman through the streets. It's before bobby pins, so she couldn't take off her hat. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and so he, like, chases her, and they go by, like, canal boat to her, like, 
like big mansion house and we find out that she's like a merchant's daughter so she's rich but she's not like they're old like money. new money yeah. so she needs to marry somebody who's of who's wealthy old money. standing yeah, to like yeah. keep the money yeah. um yeah and shakespeare like comes and like gets the the info on who is the party that night uh, I think so. it's like it's pretty like soon immediately after. Yeah, so there's like a party. It's very Romeo and Juliet. There's a party happening, and he crashes. I also like that all the musicians know him. It's like it's like a sort <laughs> of small town vibe to this this old London. Well, it's just very like the very real uh, like the theater world being small yes. energy, where like you go to a play or an audition, and chances if it's like you know on your level of also like scrappy twenty something theater. Chances are so good that you know someone there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, the, the musicians all show up, and he's like, whose house is this? And they're like, Will, what, hey, Will. Um, yeah, so he, like, crashes, and, of course, they dance together, and it's like, ooh, but then nasty Colin Farrell. Firth. Firth, not Colin, Colin Farrell. Firth. That's a super different person. Yep. Colin Firth. <laughs> Nasty Colin Firth is there. Um, and he's giving us his best, like, Darcy before we figure out that he's the love interest, but he never changes. But, like, meaner. That's what I'm saying. He's so dour through this whole thing, and they've dressed him with a silly earring, <laughs> and he's next to the hottest man in the world. And so I, in this movie, like, you're like, yeah, Colin it, Firth, you're the villain, and I don't want her to end up with you. It you, makes Colin Firth You nasty man. He, is, he's only... Anyway, so he talks to her daddy, and her daddy is like, yeah, you can marry her. Um, and they have, like, a gross conversation where he, her it's dad like, is like, she will breed. It's also, like, big Petruchio vibes where he's like, yeah. is she obedient? And they're like, yeah. no, but she's wealthy enough that yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. So, so he, we have no sympathy for him because he just no. wants to, like, strip her and take her money. Yeah. Oh, and we find out that he, he has, like, a, a colony in Virginia, and so he's planning to, like, take her to America. Um, yeah, so, but she, and of course, Shakespeare goes to meet her at her balcony, um, and she comes out, and they have a little, like, moment of confessing their mutual attraction. Yeah, and at the whole time, she's like, nurse and on, nurse and Yeah, and it's exactly yeah. how you see your Romeo and Juliet. Um, yeah. Except that then when he climbs up to, like, give her a kiss, she's already gone back in, and, and Professor the Umbridge, nurse. the nurse, has come out, and he, like, wah, falls wah. back, like, so it's also a movie of a lot of fun little... Whatever. It's very... Well, it's a movie that knows exactly what it is. Like, yeah. it's not trying to be anything more than a kind of slapsticky rom-com yeah. in period dress. It's... Yeah. What a delight. Yeah. So um, they start rehearsing the play. And then he follows her home again, and in the boat, he's like... Well, she's been cast as Romeo in yes. drag. Yes, yes, yes. So he follows her home again, I forget why, but he ends up on a boat with her, and he's like you know, tell me about, you know, Goop. I'm in love with her. Uh, and she's like, you don't even know Goop at all. And he's like, yes, I do. And he starts saying all these poetic things about her. And then they have, I think, a really nice moment where she's like, how could any woman hope to measure up to yeah. that level of poetry? Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, I know that she can. And she kisses him. And then he's like, what the heck? And then they get there to the, the house and she runs away. And the boat driver's like, obviously that's her. Yeah. <laughs> that disguise wouldn't fool anyone. The boat driver is my, I, I think every time I watch a movie, I want to name my like chill background actor of the night. Because before it was the guy who said, and now my tooth hurts. Mm -hmm. And this time it's the boat driver who uh, is like, yeah, that was obviously her. And as Shakespeare's getting out of the boat, he's <laughs> like, I'm a writer too. Will you read my script? It's so good. <laughs> very relatable. Uh, yeah. So they ha they share a night of passion and the nurse like very awkwardly guards the door. It's amazing. And it's a very, again, like it's all very charming and kind of like 
the the tone of the movie is so consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they sleep together and they're super in love and he's inspired to write more of the play. Um, he's also he's cast Ben Affleck as uh, Mercutio, Mercutio and he cast the like mean money lender guy as the uh, the apothecary, the smallest role. Yes, well he's even so that cute. honestly he's my other like wonderful small he's character. So cute. Because he starts he's like the producer, but everything about him is so producery down to there's a point where like they're fighting and he's like quiet, we need to figure this out. Like he just wants the play to be good but he doesn't know anything and like him practicing his lines as the apothecary yes. and then he's like oh, I have a blue cap as I have seen on an apothecary once I'll bring it in it's just it's like a play so that enthusiastic. like also is made by people who love the like Tom Stoppard who's uh, you know arguably one of the most famous American playwrights uh, co-wrote the screenplay so obviously it's by people who just like have this real understanding of what's great about theater and like I love that this is my mom quotes this all the time but the other producer um, things keep going wrong of course because it's a movie yeah. and Shakespeare keeps being like what's go- oh no how are we going to pull it off what are we going to do and the other producer's always like it'll just work out it always does it's a mystery yeah <laughs> it's just so like the theater vibe and it does um that everything's always going wrong so viola goes to court he also says actors are 10 a penny and charlotte <laughs> that's what i always that's say what i always say uh so viola goes to court and uh colin first is gonna marry goop and for some reason the queen needs to be like part of this um it's and- like if she gives her permission you can't Turn back on it, I think. I guess. I don't know. They, they um, gave some it, reason that the, the it, Colin Firth has some relationship to the Queen. It's just to make the stakes super clear. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Shakespeare goes disguised as a lady. Um, and Judy Dench is like, yes, you can get married, but also let's have a bet that a play can show us the true nature of love. Well, she says, like, I've seen you at the theater a lot. What's that all about? And she's like, I love plays. They show us humanity and she's like i've never seen a play that can show true love yeah and she's like i i know a playwright who can yeah yeah um oh and uh one plot thing that happened is colin firth saw shakespeare at the first party and was like who are you why are you looking at my girl and colin firth like kind of pulls it off being like the scary guy <laughs> And and again, it's very Romeo and Juliet. It's like Tybalt. Yes. Um, but uh, Shakespeare is like, oh, my name is Kit Marlowe. So that is planted. Yes. Um, anyway, so yeah. So, oh no, Goop is going to have to marry this guy. And she's all like, I am a woman in the olden times, so I can't do anything about it. And Shakespeare is sad. Um, and then they go to like the pub after rehearsal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all, all the while they're rehearsing and Shakespeare keeps like writing new scenes. And changing the play, and they keep being like, but where's the bit with the dog? Where's the pirate? <laughs> and, like, isn't this a comedy? Um, and so they go to the pub, and there's, like, a fight with the other producers? Yeah, this is... I think the, the next major plot point we have to get to is um, just, like, the next time that uh, the queen sees Goop, and she's like, someone else has plucked your flower. Or whatever. She's been plucked, but not by you. Oh, no, that's a, that's the first time she sees Goop. That already happened. That's when they... No, it's the second time. They see you again. When they do the marriage thing. No, but okay, so at yeah. the pub, she finds out he's married. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, no, they're, so they're at the pub, and someone's like, Shakespeare, like, I hope this play works, so you'll have to go back to your wife. And Goop is like, what the fuck? 
and like gets all upset and leaves because she didn't know he was married and he's like whoa and then someone comes in and is like kit marlowe has been murdered in a bar which weirdly watching anonymous i felt no need to look up how kit marlowe actually died because i was like this is also fake but i was like wait he's murdered in this movie too and he was murdered in a bar yes so that's why everyone puts it into their uh, Shakespearean movie. Yes. Um, but so Shakespeare feels thinks that Kit was murdered because he gave his name as Kit Marlowe. Yes. So he's, and so do we, honestly, as the audience. Yes. We're, we're pretty sure of that. So he, he goes to church and like beats his breast, and it's very sexy and sad. Yes. <laughs> At this point, I think, is when we said, every shot of him is like a pinup. It is. Um, um, yeah, he's always, like, leaning against things. So Gwyneth Paltrow is really upset, and also then the next day, Colin Firth is like, Shakespeare's dead, because he thinks... Well, he's that, like, yeah, your poet is dead. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so she thinks he's dead, and then she goes to church, and she's really sad, and then Shakespeare walks in, <laughs> she's and she like, realizes she doesn't, ma- she doesn't care at all that he has a wife. She's just glad he's alive. Yeah, um, um, and so then they're hooking up after rehearsal at the theater, and yeah. little John Webster, who's like this creepy rat catcher kid. Yeah, um, that was also weird. They like keep sort of referencing him and being like, boy, do you like plays? One day maybe you'll write plays. So we looked it up, and John Webster was a playwright. Who is like famous for like extremely violent and disturbing plays. Yeah, and so, so that's why he, he like keeps <laughs> being like, they keep being like, do you like any of the play? And he's like, the bits where they're fighting. It's so good. I just love it as like this reference that's for no one. It's like for all the John, the John Webster heads out there. But so he, he sees them making out. Um, and so he tells someone, one of the like flock of producers. Yes. Yeah, he tells someone. Um, so Viola is exposed. She's a girl. Oh no! And there's a funny bit where there's like a teen boy who's been playing Juliet, and they like pull up his skirt to be like a woman. It's like that's not the girl. See, gender is such a construct you can't even tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's goop. Oh no. So then she goes and she gets married to Colin Firth and it's all very sad. But then she runs out of the carriage to make it to opening night. Yes. Oh, and also a small subplot is that then the theater gets shut down for for lewdness because they were going to have a woman on stage. Um, And then in a lovely moment of like the solidarity of theater was what we were all about all along. We didn't even know that's what this movie was about until it happened. Um, everyone's de- dejected because the play's been canceled, and the rival theater comes in and says, "Put it up in our play, uh, in our in our theater. Um, it's fine. We haven't been shut Yay. down. So, fuck yeah. so the play's happening. So Goop runs to go see the play, and um, so there's no Romeo. So Shakespeare's gonna play Romeo, but then oh no, the Juliet's balls have dropped. So, and so he can't <laughs> he put can't, it on a high he voice. He can't do the. It's like the flimsiest contrivance. I of, love it. Um, but they're like, oh no, and so she's, uh, Goop has arrived and she's in the audience, and so the producer's running around, he's like, wait, you know, do you know all the lines? And she's like, I know every line. Also, the best way, I think the real moral of this story is that the best way to run lines is while having sex. Because (laughs) the two of them, there's like a long, like, montage of the two of them just having sex and saying lines from Romeo and Juliet. Yep. And that's why both of them know both parts. Yeah. And so, of, of course, it comes in clutch. She plays Juliet. Um, it's beautiful. They're so in love. They, you know, do... It's like a moment of perfect harmony. Uh, they do all the, the banger scenes from Romeo and Juliet and then the death scene and everyone's crying and loving it. Um, Colin is there, right? Yeah, but we don't know that, okay. I think. Um, yeah. And so, like... I guess Colin, oh, oh no, uh, T- 
according to the Wikipedia page, Tilney arrives. I don't know who that character it's is. It's like the constable. The constable, guy. whatever. He so they're all gonna be arrested, but then Old Surprise. Deuteronomy stands up from the audience. With a mighty meow, <laughs> Judy Dench stands up and says, A cat is not a dog. Yeah, Judy Dench is like, Stop! This is obviously a this is not goop. This is a boy. Uh, Thomas Kent or whatever his fake name is. Um, and so the queen like is like, also, I win the wager because this play shows us the true nature of love, Colin Firth. Colin Firth just like knows that his wife is like in love with cheating, like, and he's just like cool with it. He's not super not cool with it, but there's nothing to be done. I guess like he knows it before they get married. He should have not married her. He, ha- he, but he's like dumb enough to be like, if I just kill the man she's sleeping with, then they won't be in love. Because he also, after he realizes his mistake and that Kit Marlowe, it turns out that Kit Marlowe. Was not killed at Colin Firth's hand. He was killed oh, in yeah. a bar fight. So Shakespeare doesn't have to feel guilty anymore. Yeah. But then Colin Firth shows up to like fight him, and that's when the reveal happens. But also, nobody dies. It's all fine. Yeah, and then Queen Elizabeth is like, "Even I cannot end a marriage." So you guys just have to stay married, which is like, okay, but didn't your dad create the Church of England specifically so divorce could exist? So like, mm, okay. Uh, but whatever, Shakespeare and Goop kiss one last time, and she's like, put me in one of your plays, and he's and like... And make that one, or, and she, Queen Elizabeth says, and tell him to write a comedy for Twelfth Night. And, and <laughs> everyone at home is like, oh, like the Shakespeare play, Twelfth Night. Yes, and her name is Viola. <laughs> and her name is Viola. And she's like, write it about us and have it work out. Yeah, and she's like, there's a sad duke, and there's like a hot girl dressed as a boy, and they have like gender non-conforming sex and he's like I'm into it yeah um, and it starts with a shipwreck and then the, I remember as a kid watching this and the movie ends with Viola in a shipwreck which is like clearly like from Twelfth Night yes but as a kid I was I just thought that that happened oh no <laughs> that was the implication was that when they went off to Virginia she they were all in a shipwreck um, and I will say I think that that's also watching it as an adult like a weird silver lining of like something that Goop says at the very beginning is that she wants adventure. Yeah. And this is as much as she doesn't like Colin Firth at all. One, she's making it perfectly clear that she's just going to probably cheat on him forever. But she also gets this weird adventure because she gets to go to Virginia. Yeah, but probably to be a slaveholder on a plantation. Yeah, that's true. So... No, her life is gonna be <laughs> bad. So not gr- not good. Not great. Um, yeah, and that she had one perfect love. She had one perfect love. Let me see if there are any other funny things that we said during this. <laughs> we liked that Queen Elizabeth just has a virginity radar because just from talking to yeah, she's like you're not a virgin anymore. Yeah. Um, also, everyone keeps wa- walking in on this poor woman Rosaline having sex with yes. this producer man. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, my other favorite was during the play. Um, Charlotte went, you couldn't get that many people to see a play today. Just a bunch of people like, oh, a play is happening. Let's see it. There's nothing else going on. I know. On. I was honestly genuinely feeling jealous of they just put up a flyer being like, a play today at 3 p.m. And all these people just show up to see the play. It's truly incredible. Oh, man. The dream. Yeah. The dream. Yeah. It, it's... And Arthur Weasley's in it. Arthur Weasley's in What's it again. Not to love? He, yeah, he played Daddy Jafar in the last movie. And no, now he he's... didn't. Professor Lupin played Daddy I'm Jafar sorry. in the last movie. How I dare con- you? I confused them. It's true. There are a lot of Shakespeare 
char- there's a lot of overlap between people who play Hogwarts characters and Shakespeare characters. It's almost as if they just pulled from like popular Shakespearean actors of England for the Hogwarts staff. The Hogwarts is yeah, I just I, I it's a nice movie. Okay. <laughs> it's so it's really like a fanfic in the best way. It's yes. like a really good fan fiction movie because it's not trying to be historically accurate any more than like these things happened roughly this year and you but know. But it's also like feels yeah, exactly. Like it's it's, it's not asserting it's in, that this that Viola existed. No, no, no. <laughs> it's delightful. Yeah, go watch Shakespeare yeah. in Love. <laughs> Aw, Valentine's. I made it up just now. Oh. I just needed a jingle and I didn't think of one. Oh, oh, is it okay? No, I'm doing a new bit. I thought you were like I thought you were like playing us off. No, no, no. This is a new bit. Quotes. 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 All right, we'll workshop it. Yeah. All right, so this is my new bit that we're trying out mm-hmm. today. So this is a game that I made up. Um, and so we're going to, we pick a topic. And by yeah. we, I mean I, because mm-hmm. I made up the game. So Great. it's, it's Great. my rules. Yeah. Um, today's topic, appropriately, is love. Uh-huh. Um, so I have pulled a handful of quotes about love. And Charlotte, you have to see if you can guess what play they're from. Great. So enjoy the, these beautiful pieces of poetry. Okay. My bounty is as boundless as Romeo the sea. And Juliet. I know, but I want them to be able to hear it. Okay, spoiler alert, I picked some pretty popular ones just because I feel like it's Valentine's Day. Let's listen to some of the most okay. beautiful quotes okay. about love ever written. Okay. Okay. My bounty is as boundless as the sea. My love is deep. The more I give to thee, the more I have, for both are infinite. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, okay. Um,. Doubt that the stars are fire, doubt that the sun doth move, doubt truth to be a liar, but never doubt I live. Love. That is how they would have pronounced it. Oh, man. Oh, I know this quote. Um, uh, which play is this from? It's the biggest one. The biggest play? Hamlet? Yeah. You, you mouthed that. I did. I gave well, that Well, because when you me. said the biggest play, my mine went to Midsummer because it has like the most oh. characters. Uh, but no, Hamlet is the biggest. It's the biggest You're right. one. Okay. I say, if you love something, set it in a small cage and pester and smother it with love until it either loves you back or dies. That's not a Shakespeare quote. No, I just threw that one in there. <laughs> 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 what is that from? That's Mindy Kaling. Oh, oh yes, it's the Mindy Project. That's not Shakespeare. No, that's I'm a Aaron Dyesky. You're a stinker. Um, love looks not with the eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted that blind. That one's Midsummer. Yeah. Um, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. That's the sonnet. I don't know what the number of any you of the sonnets. You would be insane if you did. That's sonnet 18 okay. if anyone's counting. <laughs> um, all the sonnets are one sonnet. Fight me. I don't. Um, I, I will be very upfront and honest and real with you all. I don't know the sonnets that well. Oh, me neither. I basically, I think the, the people who know the sonnets are... Well, I actually, to be fair, I have read every sonnet. Because I'm impressive. a nerd, and so I decided one time I wanted to read all of them. So I, I've technically read all of them. But the only ones I know are the ones that in, like, an acting class, one of us was assigned, and I had to listen to them over again. Anyway. Um, I do love nothing in the world so well as you. Is not that strange? Um, uh, that's Beatrice and Benedict from Much Do About Nothing. Nice. And then the final one. 
Since we met, it's been you and I. A tear for a tear, baby eye for an eye. And you know that my heart gon' cry if you leave me lonely. Cause you not just my love, you my homie. That's not Shakespeare. No, that is Ja Rule put it on me. So that game is just called quotes? That game is called quotes. I would like it if every time it has to be also a Mindy Kaling and a Ja Rule quote. You know, maybe. We're workshopping the bit. Hello and welcome back. Um, yes, from a moment to go. When you from were a listening. moment to go. Um, so we are here with our dear friend Jamal James. What's up? Uh, Jamal, <laughs> would you tell us about yourself a little bit? Who are you? Uh, I'm an actor in, who lives in New York City. I'm from Virginia. Nice. Um, I went to college uh, at Emory and Henry College in Southern Virginia. Very nice. And so since I spent so much time in Virginia, I had to get the hell out of there. <laughs> um, I worked in Cincinnati. Uh, and then I moved to New York in 2013. I've technically spent six years here because I took a year off to work at Disney World. And oh, tell them what you did at Disney World. I was a Jedi. I taught kids how to be a Jedi. That was my job. Guys, there are some <laughs> incredible photos on the internet of like Jamal, who is this like big muscular man with teeny little like Jedi girls Aww. like showing them how to use a lightsaber. It's very Forget adorable. Forget Shakespeare. Let's talk about Jedi's <laughs> this episode. So, yeah. So, uh, just a little bit like a, a little tidbit, a mm-hmm. weird thing about that because I, I, I know what photo you're talk- yeah. talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what photo you're talking about, which I, I still have no idea where it came from. But apparently you're not, you weren't supposed to do that. Oh no. Um, like the kids uh, like go through the teaching of yeah. the session yeah and then like darth vader comes out to like battle oh, them no. yeah and sometimes like they're four years old and darth vader's like, really tall screamed and run away. <laughs> screamed and away. but like i was like watching the other people that were teaching and they would do this thing where they were like oh you move so fast darth vader couldn't keep up you can go to the end of the line now and i was like that's bs boring, <laughs> boring. so i like would ask like the children i'd be like if they were afraid i'd be like do you want some help And I just get behind them and then I fight with them and they're just like, yeah! Even when they're crying, they're still excited that they actually did it. Well, they feel like they did it. Yeah, and I'm always like, you masters suck. Like, be with the kids. That's all. So Jamal is both an actor and a Jedi. Yes. Um, And uh, Jamal, you have actually been in a production of Shakespeare in Love. I have. I have been in a production of Shakespeare in Love. I was not in the first version of that production. I came in later because an actor who is a good friend of mine had to leave oh. for some personal reasons can you tell us about the experience of doing that play um yeah so it was it was with uh cincinnati playhouse in the park and cool. they were doing a, a, a co-production between cincinnati playhouse which is where they were doing it and then they left to go to baltimore center stage which is where Ooh, i joined them cool. um and i had never worked in baltimore center stage um but it was a wonderful theatrical experience um blake robeson is was the director uh, he's also the artistic director of Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park. Um, I did my first internship at, at, as, at the same time as he was doing his first year at Cincinnati Playhouse. Mm, cool. um, so it was a new artistic journey Both for everyone. Both of you learning. Yes. Yeah. And he had hired me before for their version of Peter and the Starcatcher, which is where I got my equity card in oh, 2016. Oh, nice. So he knew about my work. He, we had a very familiar thing. So when my friend had to drop out, 
um, he just called me up and said, like, do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, uh, I played Robin and cool. uh, the Boatman and everything The Boatman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, love we were boat talking man. about how much we love the Boatman. <laughs> um, and that was, it was fun. It was a fun experience. Um, the cast was phenomenal. Like, and they're also really great improvisers. All of them are really great. Was there improv yeah, was there a lot in the of show? Um, I would say that there's improv in the show because of the way that we had started the show. Okay. Like the show is the show is started as if they're actors doing a play, which oh, is the whole okay. thing sort right. of about the play itself. It's like actors are sort of showing this presentation to you. Okay. Um, and that that idea of the world can technically be broken. Um, cool. Is I think creates more comedy and more breath of air, which which I think was great for that production itself. I will go out and say that I love the movie, and yeah. I really love um, Gwyneth Paltrow's work in that movie. I really like she's my favorite out of everyone in that film, which is which I know is like a, a surprising thing to think about because I haven't seen her do something like that struck me that hard yeah. since then. Um, but because all I hear about her today is goop. goop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm glad we have a, a Gwyneth Stan on the podcast because we spent. Uh, I stand Gwyneth. Okay, I stand Gwyneth. She, I think she's that's just great. She does good. Great work. We, well, because we were so distracted by how hot Joseph Fiennes was yeah. throughout the movie that I don't know that we paid as much attention to Gwyneth. I yeah. So it, no, she is. I I spoke a little harshly about goop previously, mm-hmm. but uh, she does good work in this she does movie. Does work in this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, when did you first see the movie? Do you remember? Gosh, I think I saw the movie like when I was fifteen. I feel like that's, that's around that's like around prime Shakespeare love viewing like age. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's that was the time. But like, I didn't know who Gwyneth Paltrow was at the. Mm-hmm. At, I didn't know her name. Really. Sure. I just knew no, that I liked neither. her. Yeah. Um, and then I became more impressed with her because I saw uh, uh, Great Expectations with Ethan Hawke. Oh, I've never seen that one. Yeah. I do like. I, I, it takes some liberties, but I sure. like their, I like Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow's like chemistry together. Cool. I was like, you cast well with these two. I'm cool. very impressed. Um, the Viola in our production was, mm-hmm. um, her name is Emily Trask, mm-hmm. uh, and she, she was, she kicked it out of the park. Like, she kicked <laughs> it out of the park. So I was just like, I don't miss Gwyneth Paltrow anymore. I don't miss cool. her at all. You're Yay. wonderful. Which actually, so that's one of our, our curiosities is how do you think that the stage version compares to the movie version? Are they super similar? Um, it sounds like you said like you kind of have this framing device, which yeah, is different. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I like, think what are the ways that they are similar or different? Well, the playwright, the playwright did this thing where he he didn't try to like take away anything away from the movie. Like he tried mm-hmm. to take as much of the movie and put it on stage, and I think that's where it became sometimes a little bit of a disservice Mm -hmm. because a play is not a movie. No. And when you present, like, if you're taking, like, just a bunch of the scenes and just, like, saying, like, here's some stage directions because this is word for word from the movie. Right. Like, I I think you can, you can, um, I wouldn't say aggravate your audience when they're watching it, Mm -hmm. but I think they also start realizing, oh, this is actually... A movie you feel that's like just you're missing something because you're right. not seeing it in the medium it's intended yes, for. Yes. It hasn't been adapted for yes, the medium. You're yes. just watching a cut and paste. So yeah. I think anything that we felt that was a difficulty of the script, because of that translation, we would just try to fix out with character work. 
And it was different for me because I was coming into a show that had already been working mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. Um, so they were just trying to incorporate anything that I was giving, and the director was trying to make sure that, that my choices lined up with what everyone was giving. Mm-hmm. So it was I felt like I was pretty much jumping into a cog. Um, because I wasn't able to, like, watch a lot of... Uh, uh, of scenes just be able to just watch the show and just jump mm-hmm. in, into it there was a lot of freedom of play so when I say improvise there's a lot of scenes uh, even though that there are um, scripted scenes there's a lot of reactions that are not in there and we're allowed oh. to play with that and yeah. oh like big group scenes uh, yes too. and they're not I, yeah, yeah there's tons of big group scenes yeah yeah because that's interesting because so many of the scenes in the movie are like you know the rehearsals or whatnot where you've got a bunch of people but because of the nature of film you're only focusing on one or two characters yes. <laughs> i imagine that's very different on it's stage it's very different <laughs> on stage oh, um cool. and so like keeping all that future like future stuff because the audience already knows where like the jokes are gonna go right because um like, Romeo and Juliet is not the title that they start out with. I can't yeah. remember what it is, but it's not what they start Romeo out with. Romeo and Ethel, the there pirate we go. Yeah, pirate, yeah, they start out with that. And, like, there's the joke, so you can't yeah. take that joke away. So yeah. that if you have not seen Shakespeare in Love and you're watching the play for the first time, you're like, oh, I get that. But that's from the movie, so you're taking that and putting that in there. Yeah. It's. It, I wouldn't say that there's a lot of structural staging that's different from the movie. I just mm-hmm. think that the scene-wise... They're truncated. They're just they're just taken gotcha. and mm. it's not expanded too much upon. Cool. Um, that's what I would say is the difference. I feel like you could make more dialogue, but yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Because yeah. I remember the year you did it, it felt like there were like 60 breakdowns there for were. every region. Everyone was doing it at the same time. They were doing it at the yeah, same time. Yeah, so it would also be curious sort of how those productions differed. Yeah, I met, I, I met two like really good lifelong friends from that. Um, one is Taha, who's like a smaller version of me, but he can probably, you know, kick my ass. He's, dude is, is dope. Dude is dope. Like, he's, he's like, I, I don't know how to describe this man, but like, uh-oh. Oh, no. Ooh, that's so, just going to be. Let's hope that goes away. Is that? Ah! <laughs> yeah, they started there. jackhammering last night at one in the morning. Just, you know, some casual Saturday morning jackhammering. Um... <laughs> Sorry, you were saying... No, no, no. Uh, and then there's... Uh, hey! <laughs> All right, I'm going to speak over you, Jackhammer. Um, there is a wonderful director and actor. Uh, her name is Laura Gordon. Uh, she played the nurse in the, in the show. Uh-huh. And she directed me at the American Players Theater uh, this past summer. Oh, nice. And, like, I was already in awe of her work as an actor, and I had never dealt with her as a director. And she's got... She wears all the hats. She's, she's, she's a queen of, of higher proportions. We love that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it was a wonderful experience just because of so many people. They were all cool. very, very giving, and they were all very, very courteous. Um, of having someone who's, like, only has, like, a couple of days to learn this before going up. Yeah. Because it's different doing going through a tech process where you're absorbing another actor into a show. And I'm sure that was very... Not... I wouldn't say difficult, but challenging not, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And they helped me. They really did help me with that. Nice. Cool. So, yeah, I had a I had a wonderful time. Baltimore is wonderful. Um, and wait, you said that you loved Ray Fiennes, or sorry, oh, Joseph Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes oh, yeah. in the movie. Tell, are you, why not, did you, are love you not a fan? No, 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 no. I am a fan. No, I am a fan. I just want to know beyond his pretty features. I'm mostly that. Um, no, I also think. He nailed, we talked about this a little bit earlier mm-hmm. in the podcast, but for me, he nailed that, like, 
very specific to this character that uh-huh. he's creating. Everything feels so intense to him, mm-hmm. but also there's like an archness. And his physical comedy, I think, in the movie is super understated, yes. but really fun. Yes, okay. Like, there's a moment where he's running, and someone, like, calls after him, and without missing a beat, he just spins around and shrugs with his arms out. And oh, he does, like, running. a full-body shrug. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's got, like, a very fun, like, Errol Flynn uh He does a lot of Oh, he's a very physical actor. Yeah. That's yeah. what I've, I've heard um, about him. It's also just... Uh, uh, this might just be, I haven't watched a ton of rom-coms or romance movies. I'm more into movies Do you with, have a a- with aliens. Um, favorite if rom-com. If, yes, if, yeah. The first one that comes to mind is Easy A with Emma Stone. Mm. It's, it's, it's like a fun high school rom-com. Okay. You What's your favorite, rom-com? Do you have a favorite oh, rom-com? Oh, my favorite is When Harry Met Sally. Hands down. Okay, I've never seen When Harry Met Sally. Oh, no! That's what I mean, I haven't seen a lot of rom-coms. You, you can't be... No, no, no. That's, the, that's, that's top-tier <laughs> romance right there. That's, that's, that is oh where, Oh, my God, like, yeah. I remember watching a movie in, like, high school and being like, oh, my God. It's so good. Like, and especially watching it. Especially watching it as an adult. Okay. Watching it as an adult, it just gives you a whole new layer of things where you're just like, there's nothing... Better than this movie. <laughs> it's so There's good. Nothing. It's so good. And I Billy mean, Crystal and Meg Ryan are just perfect. Uh, yeah, they're perfect. They're perfect in that movie. Okay. I did see. I saw Bridget Jones Diary as like an adult for the first time mm. a couple years ago, and I liked that a lot more than I thought. I, I guess as a teen, I was one of those teens who was like, "I hate rom coms." Like, I'm not like other girls now. As an adult, I'm like, "Oh, I love rom coms." <laughs> Why was I so down on them as a teenager? I love Mindy Kaling's thing about rom coms, where she she posits that they're actually a form of sci fi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I do fair. have a question for both of you. Yeah. Sure. Thinking Please. about well, thinking about. Joseph uh, finds mm-hmm. and how handsome a man is he is. Yeah, sure. Uh, I do remember while I was doing Shakespeare in Love that there were some people, uh, and this is audience members who mm-hmm. were like, "I don't think Will should be that pretty." Interesting. Yeah. So my question to you two: Do you think Will's like aesthetic as this grand cultural mm-hmm. playwright should be? Uh, as handsome as he has been depicted sometimes because people will debate about that where they're just like this is not supposed to be a model but he looks like one why are we doing this does this is this culturally accurate hey, is this historically we had accurate no photos at the time there is nothing <laughs> to say that he wasn't Shakespeare wasn't hot. incredibly hot <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that... You take away from his words doing the work for him. Like that's There are hot people who are good at work. Uh-huh. You can be hot and... Let's destroy this ugly stereotype that you can't be hot and smart. Um, yeah, I, I do think that it's interesting that people have that reaction to Shakespeare because it feels... I, I feel like it, it's part of people have, like, a gut reaction to Shakespeare being put on too much of a pedestal, which I understand. I think he often is. So it's like, come on, we can't build him up as like this great genius, and he's super he's a, and hot. And he's super hot. But like, what so about like, all these people that love I him? Have I, you can't have everything well. Weird. Like, I do understand people having that gut reaction, but also because rom coms live in such a like heightened reality, I don't mind it certainly. Okay. <laughs> I feel also, like that's part of the fun of the rom com. Like, yeah. I think if it were po- posing as a more like an historical drama. Like, yeah. then perhaps I would want you to, like, really do your best to research how he looks and put in the false teeth and, like, 
you know, make make yourself look like <laughs> William Shakespeare as best we can, oh, you know, God. estimate it. Yeah. But also, as far as we know, there was no Viola either. Yeah. So yeah. as long as we're creating things yeah. out of nothing, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. I also, yeah. What Francesca just finds too is that I appreciate. That I feel like our our very modern model of like the rom com leading modern major man. <laughs> yes, thank you. Of like the rom com leading man is he's often either this like slacker guy who like has to like learn how to love, or he's this like uptight Mr. Darcy type. And like no hate to those character ar- like archetypes. That's fine. But to have he's like no, he's just a hot romantic poet. It's so much more of like a female fantasy or, uh-huh. or a male fantasy. Like, I mean, it's just a people who are attracted to men fantasy mm-hmm. that I feel like we don't get as much. Whereas you get like tons of women who are hot and brilliant. But as soon as you have a hot and brilliant and nice and romantic man on screen, everyone's like, well, that's not realistic. Yeah, that's right. And it's See, like, men can be sensitive and hot that's and nice. True. That's true. But that's why I believe, yes, I believe that's true. But that's why I feel like you would Jamal's like, actually... yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal's like, this is the burden that I carry with me being hot and nice. This is throwing up sounds just in case you couldn't understand. Um, I'm saying that I think that's why I think you would really actually enjoy When Harry Met Sally. Okay. It's because, like, it doesn't, one, one, like, Jamal's opinion of Shakespeare in Love is that everyone should go watch When Harry Met Sally. You should go watch When Harry Met Sally. Because Shakespeare in Love, you know, deals with, like, that whole, like, romantic ideal. It does. But. When Harry McSally is like the other, it's like the other end of that romantic ideal, where it deals with like optimism and pessimism mm. over a course of time. So sure. you're not just dealing with you're not dealing with stereotypes. You're dealing oh, with yeah. real people. Which we all the relationship yeah. go in and out. And yeah, and it's only an hour and a half. It's so it's so <laughs> it covers so it's much ground pitch. in an hour and a half. I didn't. Okay, yeah. I gotta watch when Harry Me McSally. Too. Good. That's very good. That's my favorite. That's my favorite movie. I opened a door. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. (laughs) Please. Um, Wait, yeah, Danielle, you have to pick a favorite rom-com Okay, so my go-to, so my favorite chick flick is The Devil Wears Prada. Okay, yes, but but that's not a a rom-com. It's not. I mean... The boyfriend is terrible, and Anne Hathaway is terrible, and Meryl Streep is the hero. (laughs) Okay, stop it. We'll get there some other time. Get, get out of here. You're afraid of the truth. Get it's out okay. of here with your different I feel like she is afraid problem. of the truth. <laughs> um, I think I'm so bad at favorites. The one that comes to mind is 500 Days of Summer, even okay, though that's, that's like good. a deconstruction of a rom-com. No, but it, that counts. But it's a rom-com. It's, a, it's, it's, good, it's a good movie. Um, yeah, my sister and I watch that one a lot. Yeah, I like... Yeah, I think that's what's fun about Shakespeare I think Love. Eternal Sunshine of the Thought Sun is like one of my favorite movies movies yeah. and so is the, yeah. the princess bride both of them have romantic elements oh. but i wouldn't call either of them rom-coms well i think the princess bride and shakespeare in love you kept saying carrie elwes vibes about this movie oh yeah, yeah. Um, the I, princess bride is my favorite well, yes it's the best movie yeah uh, but i think they have similar energies because both of them are like not deconstructing no, anything yes. they're playing all the romance so like just straight, straight. it's really straight it, yeah. which is fun sometimes i don't want that all the time but yeah. once in a while but I'm then like, I oh yeah this is cute yeah I'm gonna have to think about it though. Honestly, I also loved recently to all the boys I've loved before. Is yes. that what it's called? Still yes. Wait, it's, isn't there two parts to that? There's I just sequel. watched the second, second part. part. It's yeah, also okay. good. I the first part either. was my favorite. Okay, it looks um, good. It was just adorable. It was adorable. <laughs> um, I like rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
We, uh, we've heard your favorite rom-com. I have two more favorites to ask you. Yes. One, do you have a favorite Shakespeare, obviously? And two, do you have a favorite play based on a movie? Ooh. As long as we're oh. talking about plays based oh, on movies. Oh, God. Okay. That's hard. Wow, that is really I hard. I know. I probably shouldn't have asked those questions one on top of each other, but I got excited. Uh, <laughs> plays, ba- plays based on movies? Plays based on movies. Because oh, I feel like it's gosh, like the kind of a... play translation. It, it's, like, very popular. There are a lot of musicals, especially based on movies, but it is hard to do well. I think oh, The Band's gosh. Visit is one of oh, mine, for sure. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I think that the key for me is... That it doesn't, like you were saying, Jamal, that it doesn't feel like you're just trying to put a movie on stage. Yeah. Like, I genuinely didn't know that The Band's Visit was a movie before. Mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. think Once, honestly, it's a great oh, yeah, Once movie is. musical adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh. I I get that. I Don't agree. St- I No, I get that. <laughs> I just, there's something that is lost to me when you bring in so many other people into that story. Which I get, I get because you're making See, it I into a bigger musical. I get it. <laughs> I'm a monster. That, that, wait, have you still not seen the movie? I can this, neither confirm. Oh my gosh! No, 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 no! Friendship is terminating. This podcast is about I'm Jamel. So Jamal yelling at us. <laughs> I'm so about... sorry. No, 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 no. No, wait, no. no your favorite? What's your favorite movie musical? Go movie see once. Musical. The movie is better. Um, yeah, better. <laughs> I will watch the movie. I'm sure. I love um, it. Yeah, when your mind's made up is is like. That version of that song is just. <laughs> um, okay, so favorite Shakespeare is definitely Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, great! Uh, definitely out of that because I, I I I'm in love with that story. I also think I also think Bottom is. It's the best. Hilarious. It's the best. Bottom Midsummer is, is the best. Have you been one. in Midsummer before? I have not. I only besides the taste of, I've done the taste of Shakespeare. It's true. When we do a small truncated version uh, of yes. Midsummer, but yes. I have actually never been in a full production of it. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm sure you will. Movie. Because it's always being done. It's always been. It's never going to not be done. You can be, be in yeah. it until the day until you die. I can play time. every single role and just really cycle through all of them. I know. Um, but gosh, favorite movie to play translation. Um, I really did. I enjoyed. Um, I, I was cast in uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner a couple of years back. Ooh. And I actually really loved the play version of. of I, I really loved the play. I think the play, I think to me, is better than the than the film or i think i think it's better written uh than the than the than the film Ooh. i think it adds it adds more um but gosh i'm not overall I, that's hard that's really difficult <laughs> well i feel like because usually honestly i'd rather not like yeah, but yeah. usually not it do doesn't that. work great yeah. because like you were saying like if it was built for this medium mm-hmm. yeah you need to make these alterations or it doesn't it feels like we're seeing like a weird facsimile yeah. of what it was intended to be. I know everything on Broadway can go from like they'll be like let's do a movie uh, sorry a musical of the yeah. movie and like the last one that I really 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 loved besides the band's visit mm-hmm. I, I thought Shrek was great Oh, I haven't Shrek seen the musical. Shrek that musical. translation so was, was pretty great. Oh, Shrek the dis- musical. Disagreement. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. I saw yeah. the tour also. Yeah. It was like in Michigan. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I remember feeling like there were pieces of the adaptation that I wished were different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it had used the form of musical a little more. Yes. Yeah. Like in the way that Shrek I sort of at, it. at its time was turning the fairy tale movie on its head mm-hmm. that they had been like, okay, so what's the big blow up Disney musical yeah. and how do we oh, change and- it? Yeah, like yeah. you know, like Beauty and the Beast was like 
we're just gonna put the movie on the stage. Yeah, you're gonna love it, and people did. Which yeah, can be delightful. <laughs> like I, you know, Aladdin. We're gonna do half of the movie, and the other half we're not gonna actually do. We're gonna put that on the stage. People are gonna be like, "Why would you do Why that?" Would you do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say my two yeah. votes just off the top of my head. I'm sure if I researched, I would find more uh, yeah. of like best movie two musicals are Heather's. Which, oh, Heather's absolutely. Which is great. Okay. But it changes okay. a lot. Yes. I love Changes that. a lot, which is in a good way. Um, like the main character is almost completely different. And also, uh, Spamalot, I think, does a really good job. Oh, yeah. I haven't actually seen Spamalot. The thing about Spamalot is it's extremely it's, it's, different from the movie. But it's excellent. And but the ways, exactly, the ways that they that change it, is it different. they make it a musical. Yes. Okay. It becomes, like, they, they have they all added the... added a female character. <laughs> there's one girl. Um, yeah, they there's a lot of it is a pastiche of musical theater. Okay. And so it's, like, commenting on the form a lot. Yeah. and. Like, which is how Monty Python did their yes. probably yeah. Yes. yeah. I'm gonna have so, to say those are two of my favorites as yeah. well. I would say those two had to it. But see, those didn't even come to mind. I think the problem is when I think movie to play or movie to musical. Yeah. I think of the bad ones first. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought of, like <laughs> there has been some for me there have been some good ones that have been from a from a play to a movie that I've oh, actually yeah. enjoyed. Yeah, but like, like what? For, what are your favorites of those? Uh all right, this could be I'm sure this would be problematic for someone, but I, I actually really enjoy um, Neil Butte's Shape of Things. Okay. I do. Okay. Um, I've never seen the movie. The movie has uh, Paul Rudd uh, and oh, Rachel Weisz. Um, and I just... They're, they're, they're great. Mm. They're great. It's their, that, I think that movie, to, to me, is one of the, the strongest uh, from play to a movie that I've seen mm. in a very long time. Um, but that's... that's it's It's... I think it's just hard. I'd rather just deal with new work than yeah. always having to see different material that gets translated. I like new work. Uh, yeah, so and I think nice. it's a shame that it feels like bigger scale producers are nervous about taking a chance on they new work. They are nervous. They're, yeah. They want to make their would, money. I know, but you would hope that they would learn from, I mean, Hamilton's always the easiest example. Yeah. yeah. Like, guys, yeah. this is not based on fucking anything. Yeah. Kind of a book, well, but really yeah. the history. Like, <laughs> but that's what, a chance. But yeah. you know, you think about those little, those little things. Like, Hamilton, <laughs> like, you have to think about, like, all the things. One, you've got Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's already done one a Tony wonderful, yeah. wonderful But again, but in the Heights, but also original, not based on yes, musical. Yeah. Original yeah. musical. Yes. And but had no stars doing, in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. stars in it. Because at the time, he wasn't a star. No. I knew of him because he was my second grade substitute Spanish teacher. But the world didn't <laughs> know, know him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it's just the the idea of like thinking you're taking. Uh, no, you're making an enormous financial risk. Yeah. yeah, but you're also taking something that is a known quality. You're taking the founding fathers and then just putting them in a new That's prison. That's true. It is yeah. a new. And it so is that a known even though you're putting story. rap and hip hop and poetry and story on, on top of that, and it smashed. Yeah, the you're gonna have and, you're yeah. gonna have like at least a built-in audience that's just like, oh, I like to know about history in a different yeah. way. Yeah, like buddy, buddy, Andrew Jackson happened. <laughs> yeah, people saw that. Yeah, it's so, true. That is. It's yeah. That is. I don't a, think he was necessarily starting from scratch when it comes to Hamilton. When he, when he, like, so I, I can see true. that there, you're going to have someone who's going to be like, "I'm interested in this." Like, true. I think coming from like nothing, having. But no, then I would say, "In the Heights" would be my example for that. Yes, is like, yeah. which was even before he was, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. he was more nothing. There were no stars, and it was just about the Heights, yeah, which was not, you know. Yeah. Well, to. 
dare I bring this back around to Shakespeare, um, I think that that's right part of ship, what... Charlotte, right the ship, Charlotte. Write the ship. Write the ship. Write it. Uh, no, it's my fault. I asked about a movie to, or, yeah, movie to musicals. Uh, but I, I think that's what makes stories like Shakespeare in Love so appealing is that you've got that built-in hook of it's Shakespeare's life, but then... Honestly, like, do you think this would be a good story if it wasn't about Shakespeare, I guess, is a question to so ask. So truthfully, I don't think it would be as popular, yeah. but I think the me's of the world yeah. would still love it. Like, I'm here for like, your, be like your bodice ripper fucking, yeah. Cult just classic like, thing? Not cult classic, but I think it would just be like, there are so many, like, you know, pastoral, like, historical romantic drama is its own genre yeah um i think it wouldn't be as fun because i think part of what's so fun about it are the like built intentions of like how is ethel the pirate's daughter going to become romeo and juliet oh he's talking to rosalind so i know he's not gonna end up with her Mm -hmm. oh like they're shoehorning in these shakespeare lines like i think all of those things you would miss it wouldn't be as special Mm -hmm. um but i think that the core of it being like this romantic drama that takes place in this rather sweeping setting and also being about theater in some way would still be appealing Mm. for me. That's true. That's that's true. It just wouldn't be a hit. Yeah, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a hit because there aren't enough of me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Maul, do you have anything that you'd like to share with the listeners? Anything you want them to go check out? Uh, on the, you know, week of love that people are talking about, make sure that you remember that you, you, you're good by yourself if you're alone. Aww. Make sure that you know that. Uh, and if you do have someone special, tell them that you love them. Aww. Uh, and, you know, make sure that you call your friends and your family and give them some love too. Oh, that's yes. the nicest plug we've ever had on it's our show. For <laughs> love. A plug for the concept of love. Uh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, and you're the best. Yeah, thanks for taking some time. Everyone, thanks. look up and hire Jamal James. Yeah, <laughs> please hire me. And also, go watch When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> and most importantly, that's more important. Go watch, go when, watch Harry when Harry Met Sally. Met Sally. Banging the thing is banging. Our pipes are banging. And that's not a euphemism. No, just kind of like from the. The hot air. Sorry, both. If we both sound like monsters this whole episode, we're both just kind of like our sinuses are full and our faces are full. Yeah, it's like a post nasal drip. Just kind of the the whole energy here is like stuffed nose and eating lots of dairy products because it's Valentine's Day. Day. So it's just a lot of a lot of like phlegm. Phlegm is the flu. The the humor with which we are leading in yes. the five humors in the five humors system. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. You can email us at what you will podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, Instagram is what underscore you underscore will underscore podcast. And I think I our Twitter handle is our Twitter handle is at what you will cast. Yes. Uh, there's also a Facebook page and there most sure importantly, is. 
the best thing you can do if you like this at all. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Go on our iTunes and give it five stars. Um, truly, word of mouth is the best way to share Yeah, it. we promise we'll do Shakespeare plays again at some point. Yeah, probably And next. also not be so sick and blogy and just kind what? of like giving you a bloated energy through your Giving ears. you a bloated fan cast of just Joseph Fines. <laughs> just kind of like tired, bloated women talking about how much they love Joseph Fines. Yeah. And um, with that image. We leave you. <laughs> good night. We love you. Happy Valentine's You're my Valentine. Be be mine. Be hers. So have you watched any of Goop? I haven't watched any of the Goop Okay, because I've watched a little Goop because I had friends who told me I had to. And the only episode I watched was about this woman named Betty who sure. has a last name that I'm not going to look up. Okay. But she's in like her 90s. Sure. She lives in New York teaching women to have orgasms. That's fun. It is fun. So Goop is crazy, but I like that they highlighted yeah. this lady. Um <laughs> Uh, just Gwyneth is such a she's a snake oil salesman it's weird also that there's like a whole conversation between like Betty and Betty's friend who also does what Betty does and then like Goop and her friend and just the awkwardness of them is so in contrast to how like sexually empowered Betty is I this is I know I'm in the I might be in the minority here but every time I see Gwyneth Paltrow in a movie I'm just like so you're just famous because your parents are famous huh I think she's a fine actress and also very beautiful, but, you know. She's fine in this. She's adequate. She's lovely. She's she's okay. (laughs) You can't see her without just, like, thinking about that candle, though. I mean, I don't think I knew about the candle until after. Well, then you know about the candle. Now I know about the candle. You can't unknow it. Can you imagine? Ooh.